the new channel. The new channel. Hashtag TNC now. The views, opinions, and insights expressed in the following shows are those of the hosts, producers, guests, and viewers. They do not necessarily reflect the position of the channel. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to the new channel. Our passion transforms an entire community that sees all things new. I am Gian Hanyola, streaming live from the City of Pines. Join me as we travel overseas to check on our Filipino nurses this afternoon for part two of five of the Frontline only here on TNC. Good afternoon, everyone, and good afternoon to all our viewers out there. So overseas Filipino worker nurses are already faced with challenges every day, especially because they are working away from our country. They worry about their safety while working and at the same time worry about their families back home here in the Philippines. So a lot of changes have been implemented in the hospital to address staffing problems both here and abroad. And some of our nurses are being pulled out from other units to another department and leaves were also canceled. A lot of our OFWs were not able to come home this year, also last year. So in this time of pandemic, they are forced to find means to adapt to the present situation. Nurses are placed in demanding situations, fulfilling their roles on the front line while at higher risk just to save others. So this afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, let us hear the story from one of our Filipino overseas nurse. Joining me this afternoon is Mr. John Christopher J.C. Lucio, a hemodialysis nurse, a graduate of BSN at Bulacan um, here in the Philippines, and who has been working for more than four years in the United Kingdom. Sir J.C.? Hello, good afternoon, Miss Gian. Good afternoon, Philippines. My name is JC, and yes, uh, I've been here. I've been working in the UK for four years now, and it's been fun so far. 
Wow, it's really nice to have you on this show. I really appreciate you making time for this. I know we have differences, time differences, duty differences, and it, it was really hard and when we were trying to communicate. But still, thank you so much for uh, no being on the show. You're welcome. Thanks <laughs> now, for having me on. Thank you. Of course, this is to promote also our profession, as well as let people understand the scenarios that Filipino nurses overseas, just like you, have experienced during this pandemic. Now, as I understand, your area, the UK, has been badly hit by the pandemic, right? Yes, that is true. Um, because I believe, apart from China, one of the uh, massively hit continents in the world is the Europe. And of course, UK was part of it, but we are still adjacent to the European continent. And it was, uh, UK was badly hit during that time. So it was, it's been very difficult. Maybe until now, I would consider that UK is still badly affected. Yeah, that's right. We've been hearing it all over the news. We've been we've, all over social media. So during that time, how did you cope during the surge? Well, I would say it's been very difficult for everyone. Well, me personally, mm -hmm. even though I was not actually um, in the front line that time because I am personally considered as a high-risk staff because of mm -hmm. asthma. And during that time, I was taking steroids to manage my asthma. So I didn't get the chance to really get my hands on to the patients who were positive uh, with the COVID. But um, I have different stories from my friends and the people that I know, from my colleagues, uh, not only in our trust, but also in other hospitals, especially in London, how badly they were affected. Um, for me, it's been difficult because, of course, the, the routine changed. And since mm -hmm. I needed to isolate for like four months, um, we just stayed it at home. And, of course, uh, we gained weight. And then, then, then the overall uh, health status has dropped for me personally. But mm -hmm. um, like every other nurses all over the world, it's been quite a challenge. All right. Well, uh Yes, also here in the Philippines it has been it has been a challenge for all the nurses since last year. I think it goes both here and abroad um staffing problems. So um were you or if not you though, do you have friends whom you've really witnessed who were pulled out from one unit to another just to augment the staffing during the pandemic? Well, I would say me personally um I am not actually i would say quite um lucky but because i want to help of course but maybe uh, that's for my uh, best interest as well uh, because mm -hmm. i'm a high risk staff that's why i didn't get the chance to work at the very front line during the covid season but i do have lots of friends who are mm -hmm. actually experiencing that um they needed to move from one department to another just to support the staffing need Right. for the COVID situations. So um, it was, it's been difficult um, for them. They have different routine, they, they have different um, skills and you have to learn the skills required for that different area for you to be able mm -hmm. to work properly and deliver the same service required of you. So it's been quite difficult. Um, 
sometimes you will just find yourself in a situation that it's not that easy to say no even though you have the option to say no if you're not happy if you're not if you don't feel comfortable and competent to do it you can always say no but sometimes you will just find yourself in a situation that you are caught uh, but the only thing you can do is to really step forward and help the people not only your colleagues but also the patients Mm, absolutely. You know, it also happens here. It's like we we have our own units to take care of. Like like for me, for instance, I stay in the OR theater, but then there are times when we are being asked to uh, station the, the triage area. So at times, you know, deep inside, you really, you really don't want to go. But there's this, as you have mentioned earlier, there was there's this like unspoken um responsibility or duty that you really just can't say no and it's yeah. really been hard yeah yeah that's true um as i said we have the option here but sometimes mm -hmm. um you have this fear at the back of your mind that people yeah. will make you feel sorry for saying no and in some situations that is true it's just sad that um i think it's not only we're an isolated case here in the UK, but different parts of the world in which there are groups of people um, depends. It doesn't necessarily mean that it matters what their nationality is, but there mm -hmm. are some group of people who would prefer to actually just be on the managerial part of things and mm -hmm. not be on the floor. People who would who would find it very easy to say, I, I don't, I'm not happy. I am not comfortable doing it. Um, I am at risk. Um, I, I, I feel anxious. You would know that this is not a typical thing for Filipino to come up with those reasons, but there are some group of people who would find it very easy to say no for whatever reason they can think of. Um, if it's true or not, we cannot say, of course, because we always want to recognize people's concern as a professional. If they are not happy, if they are if they are not feeling very good about doing things, then no one should force them to do that. Right, right. But I think that's also one um, one of the good qualities of nurses and Filipinos in general because we are very resilient uh, people, right? So uh, one more thing, Sir JC, were there enough PPE or personal protective equipment provided and other resources to protect yourselves, yourselves as nurses. Uh, were there enough of this provided during the pandemic or during this time? I would say this time it's a lot better compared to the uh, to the last year or the first year that we had the COVID surge. Um, before, um, I remember um, some countries are being some countries are mocking the UK for only wearing like a plastic apron in which your shoulders and your entire arms are still exposed, even your mm -hmm. neck and everything you've got is just a pair of gloves, plastic apron, a mask and face shield and that's it. During that time, other countries are already fully covered, fully clothed, mm -hmm. fully protected. Um, whether it's a raincoat or whatever protective equipment that could be, at least they are protected. But here in the UK, I'm not sure uh, how how accurate the information is saying that the study says that that is enough. The apron and mm -hmm. the gloves and the face shield and mask is enough. 
I don't know how accurate that information is, but there was an issue about supply before. Um, again, now it's better because the cases are not as high as it were. So mm -hmm. people are now well supplied and different manufacturers have already coped with the demand because before I, I, I understand that it was a worldwide issue when it comes to mm -hmm. the supply and manufacturing. But um, what, what's important is now, now the people or the healthcare workers are somehow protected. And I am personally happy with that. Okay, well, that's great. That's really great news. Yes, during the start, I guess, um, every country had a problem in terms of secu securing your, your personal protective equipments. Even big countries had a problem with that. And from the way you've mentioned it, at least as, as I understand, this is for everybody. It wasn't just for for a certain um ethnicity it wasn't for a certain people but this was happening all over is that right yeah that is true um it's not only about um certain group of people i'm mm -hmm. talking about like general population of the healthcare workers in this country mm -hmm. um if a filipino like me needs to wear this then i should have it and mm -hmm. um, if others can have it, I should have it as well. So I would say overall, with in terms of using or utilizing the supplies available at our disposal, mm -hmm. it's available for everyone, not only for a certain group. Um, because otherwise, the managers or the people involved, they will actually be responsible or liable if there's an issue about inequalities among usage of um, the supplies or PPEs among staff. Right. Well, that's that's great news, too. That's pretty nice to hear. Now, um, during the past year or up until this year, did you ever did you ever catch the virus or did you have any experience catching it? Well, fortunately, um, I haven't caught it yet, but mm -hmm. I'm very thankful that um, we are well vaccinated. It's not mm -hmm. an issue. It's not quite challenging to be vaccinated here in this country because mm -hmm. it's available for everyone. And healthcare workers are like on the second line. I, I remember because it changes through time. Uh, at some point, mm -hmm. we were like first line or second line. I remember at the moment, uh, I think, at the moment, the first line are the high-risk one. And then right. second line will be the healthcare workers. That applied for the first dose, second dose, and even for the booster. You just have to book yourself in. You walk into the uh, vaccination center. In in my case, that's one of the buildings in our hospital because I'm a healthcare professional. I will just book myself in. I will queue in the line. And then mm -hmm. um, I will get vaccinated. So just for additional or additional um, information for people who are like highly at risk of um, acquiring or catching the virus, they have mm -hmm. three primary doses. So first right. dose, second dose, third dose, and then they will have their booster after that. So they will receive four doses. For normal people like us, like me considerably, I will I had two. Um, primary doses, and I had my third dose already since I am a healthcare worker. So, um, so far, so good um, in the households. Mm -hmm. No one was, no one is affected. Uh, we haven't caught the virus yet, but we're just maintaining um, safety measures to be able to mm -hmm. be 
you know, keep ourselves safe and away from that. All right. Well, that's really nice. And, and I guess the vaccination is also free because here in the Philippines, um, it's free, right? Yeah, yeah. It's free for everyone here. Um, yeah, literally no one should pay. Mm -hmm. um, and no one is even trying to sell it to you because they will be prosecuted. Yes, exactly. So even here in the Philippines, yeah, it's it's being given for free. That's now, right. um, do you also have like colleagues or probably people you know who have um, who had the virus and was the support of their hospital um, equitable to to whom they're working for? How was it? Did you have or did you have any news about that? Yeah, yeah. I, I personally know people, my friends, my colleagues mm -hmm. who contracted COVID and mm -hmm. um, they will just have to follow the uh, the government guideline or our trust guideline. So, for instance, in my hospital, if you will contract COVID, you will have to isolate automatically. Okay. Because okay. Um, we regularly do our swabs like weekly basis or every other week or some, some institution. Mm -hmm. For us, it's every week and every other week depends where you work. Um, if okay. you tested positive, you will have to isolate and everyone in your household will isolate. If you will have to isolate, you will still be paid in full okay, okay. Um, of your basic salary. And then you will have to isolate for 10 days if you tested positive. And then after that, you, you do another test. And if you are already negative, you go back to work. Even if you all get exposed to someone, mm -hmm. because in the UK, we have this tracking system, you will okay. be pinged yeah. or you will be notified if you get exposed to someone because our devices, our cell phones are on. The Bluetooths mm -hmm. are on if we would want to, especially if we're going to a, to a restaurant somewhere uh, that mm -hmm. in a single room you are, you have multiple people in the room. Um, it's like our cell phones are detecting each other. If I'm okay. positive, if I'm positive, um, it will come up on my health service record, NHS record, okay. that I'm COVID positive. And I should be going out actually, but I, if I would, and then um, I am close to someone who is negative and his or her mm -hmm. phone is also turned on for the detection, the government will send him or her a message that you mm -hmm. got exposed to this okay. person, you will have to okay. isolate. All right. Well, that's something new for me personally in terms of contact tracing. So that's pretty great that you have that technology um, there in Cambridge. So yeah. um, my question, Mr. Jay-Z, is a little bit controversial. But however, um, were there instances that... Um, nurses were placed on the front line because they were Filipino? Um, I would say that claim is partially true. So um, mm -hmm. I would not actually just contain it to a certain group of nationality, but okay. not only to Filipinos specifically, but you know how we work as Filipinos, right? We don't complain a lot. Right. Some people they find it some filipinos they find it very difficult to speak up which mm -hmm. is a problem indeed i really recognize that as a serious problem it's not very easy and not very comfortable for us to say no or that we're not happy 
or that um, we cannot do this or that for this very good reason. Even if we have the very good reason, sometimes we don't speak up. But I would say um, being in that situation is not only for Filipinos. Some group of people find it difficult to say no. Um, and some group of people take advantage of that. Some group of people yeah. will just stay on the back row, overseeing what's going on, acting the role of a manager, and then mm -hmm. leave the other groups at the front line on the floor. They are the ones getting exposed. It happens not only in a single trust, but everywhere. I have friends in London. Um, I've, been I've, I've been told of stories, different stories from their colleagues. Um, or from their own experience that their colleagues, yeah. if not them, are being sent the front line while some other people are just at the back row and mm -hmm. being comfortable trying to keep themselves safe. That means there's a bit of inequality, but it depends who are you're working with. You cannot say that this entire hospital is doing it. It could be just mm -hmm. one ward. It could be just one department in that hospital. And you cannot say that it's only in the UK or it's all over the UK. It could only be isolated mm -hmm. to a number of hospitals or trusts, not all UK hospitals. Wow. Well, that's really nice to hear. Coming from coming from you, who has been staying there for more than four years already, or should I say less than uh, five years, actually. For So that's a really great news. I think you've really been lucky as well in, in terms of your on the hospital, your employer, everything. So I'm happy for you with regard to that. Now, based on your experience, how different is being a nurse overseas um, as compared to being a nurse in the Philippines, how different is the experience? I would say it's massively different, but both situations has their own advantages. You cannot say that UK nursing is a lot better. You cannot say mm -hmm. that Philippine nursing is a lot better. They are mm -hmm. both good. Well, Philippines is a third world country, and you know what that entails. UK is a first world country and UK is probably, if not the best, one of the best healthcare delivery system in the world, mm -hmm. but it's not perfect, right? So in terms of difference, there's a massive difference. You cannot say, because I rem this reminded me of one of the videos that got viral um, like a few weeks, few months ago about a Filipino nurse working if not in canada other countries say, oh yeah i saw that <laughs> saw that, one, that philippine practice is sort of useless if not useless it's very poor or maybe yeah I, I saw that video too which have gathered lots of different comments mostly negative from uh -huh. nurses all over the world and exactly. i think no one should do that that's why I would like to highlight that differences are differences and they should be respected. They have their own advantages. They have their own disadvantages. My experience working back in the Philippines helped me a lot to become mm -hmm. competent and confident in what I'm doing here. Because mm -hmm. nurses in the Philippines are, not, are like nurses in the United States. We are more involved in programming, in designing, in creating the care mm -hmm. we provide to the patients. We are more involved in assessing them. We are more involved in taking care of them medically and not just in a nursing perspective. But here in the mm -hmm. UK, for the knowledge of our viewers as well, um, we are a bit 
um, held back in terms of managing the patient. For example, okay. in hemodialysis, we are not encouraged, though maybe we can do this, but we are not encouraged to do like auscultations or listening to the breath sounds. Okay. We're back home, we do everything, assessing fluid retention from around the eyes, through the neck, through the, around the chest, around the lungs, through the back, of course, the legs, the swelling and everything. Of course, mm -hmm. we can do it here, but the auscultation, we don't need to do it in this country. Mm -hmm. um, back home, uh, you would also want to do, you would always want to do that. You will rarely see a nurse in this country wearing or having a stethoscope wrapped around the neck or shoulder. Oh. I planned of bringing like a Littman stethoscope from the Philippines <laughs> to use here, but I realized, no, I won't be able to use it. We're anyway. not going to use it. <laughs> yeah, we only have one or two in our emergency trolley and you can use it if you want. But overall, um, learning how to practice nursing in a first world country mm -hmm. is a very good experience. It's a very good um, opportunity. If someone could take advantage of that, then go for it. Um, working in the Philippines will help you really be uh, become a very competent, like the guerrilla way of doing things. Here in this country, um, you have different people to do different jobs. You can concentrate on your work as a nurse. For example, mm -hmm. um, cannulation. You can always cannulate and insert a uh, infusion or IV line infusion catheter. But you mm -hmm. can, if you're busy, you can call the um, physician assistant, we call it, they can insert it for you. They will come to the ward, ask you who needs insertion, and they will do it for you. So but but you, you as a nurse, you can do it, given that you have done the training to do it here in this country, mm -hmm. because all the trainings we have back home, they will not be recognized as valid. You have to gather different set of work papers or paperwork or com what I call is competency papers for you to be able to be signed off to do this or that. Mm, okay, well, thank you for that sharing. And thank you for um, the idea that you have shared to us. Of course, a lot of our viewers, a lot of our nurses are also wondering what the setting really is when they get there. And um, overall then, what was the biggest challenge you had as a nurse working overseas during the pandemic? What's, what's your biggest challenge? Well, for me, actually, the biggest challenge is to be away from your home. So for me, mm -hmm. Philippines will always be my home. I understand why people would choose to stay here in this country because we have mm -hmm. different situations in life. A very good yes. example and very obvious example is if your province in the Philippines is somewhere that is being flooded every time, why mm -hmm. would you go back to that place when every year you have to, you know, um, work around moving your stuff to the second floor or other evacuation center, where ha whereas you have the option of staying here in the UK where there is virtually no flood, virtually because there are still some areas that are being flooded nowadays, even before they're not being flooded, but now they are flooded. But what I'm saying is mm. some for, so for some people, it's more comfortable living in this country. But for some, like me, I would say I will have more freedom more mobility, more a bit of a bit of luxury uh, living back home in the Philippines. So for me, the biggest challenge really is to maintain the lifestyle that I had mm -hmm. before coming here to the UK, in which I can always climb mountains, go to the beach, one to two hours drive, explore the nature. 
um, it's very easy to do and you don't have to spend much. Even though I was working as a nurse back home, I can find finance myself in doing that because for me, um, you just have to do it simply. You don't have to be grand, um, you know, bonga, so to speak, in doing such thing. You don't have to spend much. But in this country, um, first of all, the weather. Uh, maybe I think I've told you uh, before that um, I have never swum in any beaches or any single beach in this country because it's cold, cold water. Cold. <laughs> um, and they are not as pristine as the uh, Philippine beaches. And when I say that, I really mean it. Some of the beaches are brown. You can mm -hmm. only just walk through them. You cannot swim because you won't be able to see or maybe you will have brown sand on your shoulders when you get off the water. But, um, yeah, I've only done it once in France um, because France is, like, closer to the equator. There, It is warmer mm -hmm. and better weather mm -hmm. in general. And here it's usually cold, especially this time of the, the year, uh, winter time you have to um, hit your car before you can drive off to make sure that there's no snow on your windshield um, and you ha always have to wear different layers or lots of layers of jackets or clothing just so that you can manage to stay out for good so for me that's the biggest challenge to be away from the family family whom I'm always with when I'm always with when I'm going out because I have a close tie with my family at um, <laughs> somehow I have managed to establish some sort of passive income back home. So maybe in a few years time, I will take the move to go back to the Philippines with my family. Really go back. Okay. Well, we'll be excited to, to have you home as you. of course one of our renal nurses and of course sir jc thank you so much for your time thank you for sharing your experiences to all our audience you know our ofws leave the country for various different reasons sometimes it's um economic financial so but whatever they have they they really work hard for it now um, we really appreciate your time, Sir JC. We really appreciate you showing up for, for the show. And do you have any inspirational messages to all our nurses and for some nurses who probably want to go to the UK anytime soon? Well, um, first of all, to, to all the nurses, to my colleagues, I want to thank you, everyone, for all your hard work, especially during this time. Um, I know people don't appreciate us as how we are actually giving impact to this world. And I want to thank everyone, not only, of course, myself, but every nurses, not only in the UK, but especially in the Philippines. Thank you for doing a very good job, excellent job in serving our people. We know that this is our calling. For some, maybe we were forced or you were forced, me, I'm not, you were forced by maybe the one financing your education, if not your parents, your relatives, to, to, to take nursing, even if for sure you had an appreciation on how important our job is. I want to thank everyone for doing that and also kudos for a very good job that you just did. Continue doing that. Um, even if we're not receiving much appreciation from other people, it's not about appreciation, right? It's about mm -hmm. us feeling good that we have extended the life of someone, if not everyone, and live a better life, make this world a better place to live. And for the nurses who are planning to go to the UK, I wish you all the best. 
it's not a very easy thing to do to come to the UK, considering all the examinations that we need mm -hmm. to take to be able to become a UK registered nurse. Okay. So um, if you're planning to come here, um, I wish you all the best. Make sure that you will focus. And one of the key things we can do in preparing for something is to focus, focus your examination, focus on your preparation and taking the exam. And then um, later on, for sure, you will succeed. And you need to do a bit of planning as well. If you're going to the UK, plan when you are going to the UK. Because some people always have this thought at the back of, your, of, their, back of their mind saying, I'm going to the UK, I'm going to the US, I'm processing this, I'm processing that. But I've been hearing them saying that for five, two, three, five years. So make sure, okay, focus on your plan, take the necessary mm -hmm. steps, okay? And then when you're already here, actually before coming here, you also need to plan how long should I be working abroad? Will this mm -hmm. be for good? Will I stay in the UK for good? For doing those decisions, you need to do your research. Um, mm -hmm. How much money should I save? How much money should I, should I send back home to my parents? How much money should I save? for building a house, for the wedding, for all those stuff. Do a bit of planning. I think this is something that Filipinos lack. Only quite a few Filipinos that I know that know how to manage or are at least thinking of managing their future, managing their career plans. So some Filipinos will just take one step at a time. Sometimes you need um, to plan ahead and take one step at a time. So all the nurses and all UK or whatever OFW nurses. Thank you, everyone. And I just wish you all the best. Keep yourselves healthy and safe because the world needs us. Wow. The world needs nurses. Thank you so much, Sir JC. Now, before I let you go, let's um, read some shout-outs. This afternoon, I have seen Mr. Paul Paran. Oh, hi, hi, Sir Paul Paran. <laughs> And Miss Petua, there's Stoner Hanyola. Oh, that's my dad. <laughs> Sanctuary Sanchez, hello and good afternoon, Sainyo. Sir Jomar Agabe Ubagan, good afternoon. They're very good, Dao. Hello, boy, everyone. You would want to follow also Sir JC. He has his own um he has his own what do you call YouTube it? Channel. YouTube channel. Yes. The Lucius Life. Hello, Jan. Oh, salute to salute, salute to frontliners. Frontliner is a hero. I guess that goes for you, Sir JC. <laughs> for all yeah, for all of us. All right, there you go. Uh shout out to Hakabe. Hello, Hello Sir J C. Ayan. May mga bago ka ng followers, you. Sir JC. So thank you so much for this afternoon. Hello, Ma'am Sheryl. Good afternoon. There you go. And thank you so much. Uh, check out the Lucius Life there on YouTube. That is yes, the... Um, if, you, if you want to know more about my life here as a nurse, as a UK nurse, as an RFW, then you can learn from lots of videos I have uploaded and I will still keep on uploading because the main goal of my channel is to educate Filipinos to um, to change the mindset of OFWs that being an OFW 
should just be a temporary thing, um, especially here in the UK. Later on, you will consider yourselves one of the British people, not an OFW, because overseas Filipino workers, because we work overseas, but later on, um, you should be a local, not just an OFW. And there's a lot of other things that we can do in life after becoming an OFW. So if you want to uh, ch check out the channel, um, I'm sure you will benefit from at least one or two videos in the channel. And I hope, I'm hoping to see you there. If you have any questions, I'm very much happy to address them with a video in response. Wow, there you go. So thank you so much, Sir JC. We'll see you soon. And to everyone watching, it's just a couple more days till Christmas. So I think it's only 26 days before Christmas. There you go. Where am I? Oh, there. <laughs> there. Merry Christmas, everyone. 26 days before Christmas. I hope you're ready with your gifts. And of course, the current war against COVID-19. Um, Filipino nurses are hailed as heroes here and abroad, known for their hard work, dedication, and the ability to put on smiles and laughter, even in the face of hardship. Filipino nurses are truly a powerful source in the world of healthcare. But behind those smiles, however, this healthcare heroes struggle with fear and anxiety every day. Their fear of contracting the virus in the workplace and of course bringing it home to their families is, is something for them to bear as well. So whenever we hear and read stories about our fellow nurses all over the country being avoided, bullied, physically harmed, this really dampens our spirit. So um, to everyone watching, please spread the love and um, let's, let's uplift our healthcare workers. And um, they are our heroes. Some, some call them our heroes, but we really treat them as peons. So let's not do that. Um, sweeping with COVID-19 sweeping the globalized economy, the Philippines um, will always be the number one supplier of nurses all over the world. So to all our nurses, thank you so much for your hard work. Thank you for, for providing care to our patients. And of course, I'll see you again, guys, on December 13 for the part three of five of the Frontline only here on TNC. Have a good one.